for all my people out there that got a job. mother's clothing line and it is worse than i expected and th there are cuss words here i didn't even know existed well dang if this is worrying you so much you're just spending your free time so i was talking this lady's story you must really have a problem with her do you think this child is in danger no okay well how's tamika's grades in attendance stellar okay then what's the real problem because i'm not hearing anything to worry about okay i admit it i misjudged her when i confronted her but I just don't understand why a grown woman, a mother, would act like this. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you need to? Honey, Ava from Abbott Elementary was doing her motherfucking job. Okay, she was doing the Lord's work. Whew. Welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. I'm your host, Bree the Black Sheep, the Black Bachelorette, self-proclaimed, because I don't want these niggas, these niggas want me. Listen, we need to break that video down because if you watch Abbott Elementary, you know Barbara is a shining motherfucking star. But, and Ava is the principal who don't ever do her job. So for that to be a moment between two black women where Ava dead ass put Barbara in her place, it just, for me... First of all, I love how how black women shout out to um, Quinta Brunson because her all of these black women know how to make imperfect black women. OK, instead of making us always be the perfect woman and, and always like um, just constantly having to be the voice of reason and being the good person all of the time and holding ourselves to standards they make imperfect black women and barbara who is the shining star of this damn show all together who is always doing the right thing have everything put together completely judged this mama just because she didn't like her tattoo and if you haven't seen it we're gonna talk about the end of the episode i'm not gonna spoil it for y'all but you have until the end of this episode to go watch it but it showed you how even another black woman can judge the next black woman. And this mom was a great mom, great parent. But just because she didn't like her tattoo, she completely judged her. And Ava did her damn job as a principal and put her in her place and let her know, do you need to to know why this woman behaves the way she behaves and wears what she wears and dresses how she dresses? As long as she's a great parent, what do you, why is that your business? And this is a great lesson for people who don't know how to mind their motherfucking business, especially when it comes to the next black woman. Mind your fucking business. Mind your fucking business. Okay. First of all, all right, y'all. So I have been on a roller coaster of emotions per usual. Um, this was a specifically downward spiral because the election happened. It was awful. I mean, we can take some things away that we it wasn't as bad as we thought, but it definitely, you know, Republicans got the house. Stacey Abrams losing had me crying for a whole day like that mixed with the fact that the Meg the Stallion situation and stuff happened, which we'll get to later. Um, it was just a downward path for me. I was not doing OK. I was not able to record because. Black women always have to be strong. I say this time and time again, and we get so tired of that. We have had to be in control and have this power since babies. We have been tormented since babies and had to stand up for our ourselves. Um, and it was just one of those weeks where it was like, I'm human, I'm vulnerable, and I was not doing my best. And I didn't want to record when I was not at my best and able to really just give out 
a, a strong enough message. And I hate that I can't just be in a low point and still record and give y'all my truest self. But for me, it's like so hard for me to be that vulnerable and to be like, I'm not okay. And this is shit week because then I don't want to give a shit episode and to make y'all feel even worse. I really want to have my podcast to not only acknowledge, I mean, not only drop knowledge and enlighten all of y'all, but give positivity, give y'all some jokes, make y'all feel good in this crazy ass fucking world that we're in. It's like a goddamn soap opera at this point, but we will count our highs. I go to therapy and she's like, okay, give me the lows, but then give me the highs. Okay. What's going on? And I will say that we had a volleyball game and this was a night we swept. Okay. We won all three games. We all did amazing. And for the first time, I was vulnerable and went out with my team because, you know, everybody white. So y'all know how I be feeling about white people. But my team was cool. The one person on my team that gets on my goddamn nerves was not there. That white man that I be telling y'all about. Um, so we all went out to drink after the game. And Quincy even came to the game. And it was just, it was a good time. Quincy came out to, to eat with us. What I will say is we went for drinks afterwards because we get like a discount for being on the volleyball team at certain bars. So we went out to eat and we played Never Have I, Have I Ever. And I specifically chose this game because I wanted to go around and engage these white people to see what kind of people I could be with. If I could be around them, around them get along with them <coughs> or not. So Quincy with her smart ass decides to ask, Never Have I Ever Been to Private School? And when I tell you of all the 10 people at this table, every single person had been to private school except me and Quincy. And at one point, this white man was like, wait, so everyone's going to private school? Wow. Oh, wait, except you, Brie. And then except you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the niggas, the two black people. I wonder why. <laughs> but the team was actually really cool. It was fun getting to know them. Everybody is privileged as fuck. You get to see the difference in cast and the difference in class, really, um, in America. But we still got to sit down and have a good ass time. And side note, because one of my teammates who I started with, uh, one of the white girls on the team, she cool as fuck. Like we started together and she's one of those uh, people who like actually she's one of those white people who do not talk over you, who actually genuinely gets to know you. And like, you know, when you're talking to people you can kind of tell when you're talking to white people if they obnoxious or if they not genuinely giving a fuck about you. And I like this one. So she, I had my podcast shirt on, just a side story, because this was so embarrassing. I had my podcast shirt on and she was like, um, oh, is this yours? And I'm like, yeah, I painted this. And then we were, we're in the middle of the game. And then she's like, oh, so you have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. And honestly, I wasn't trying to tell them about my social media, my podcast, because we're here to play. I don't want to get into no politics with y'all and not end up liking y'all and not want to play next to you. So let's just keep it cute, keep it cash. Um, but she was genuinely interested. And not only that, she doubled down the next morning, asked me for my podcast information. So, you know, I screenshotted it to send this to Quincy and be like, Quincy, it's happening, dog. Like, they're going to know how I feel about white people, but I'm going to send it to her. Why did I accidentally send to the white girl why did i accidentally send that message to the white girl and i'm like oh no they're really gonna fucking know but she was fucking dope she wrote back and was like no white people are the worst and i was like you know what i'm so glad that you said that because i can't have any white friends at this time in this climate who don't know who want to gaslight and pretend like it ain't about race because it's always about race so shout out to you girl because if you're listening right now i fucks with you okay i'm gonna tread lightly but we gonna see um because y'all know I come from the South and white people are horrendous. As you see, the red wave was very apparent when this election came. So 
that was a high point. My team did their motherfucking thing. I still want to switch over to the all women's team because the women be playing. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can get my white friends to switch with me because, yo, women are we are competitors. We be competing. When I tell you co-ed is slipping on a pimping because I really thought playing with the men was gonna be high quality on some sexy shit and the women are out there just doing the damn thing so we're gonna see um i also wanted to talk about a random cute moment i had with all the bullshit in the world this was so such a sweet moment that i'm like i need to to count more of the positive things that happen i was walking to the bus to go take jersey and measer and jersey were all on the way to bus stop so i'm taking jersey to her gymnastics class while i'm packing her the bus is about to come and if we miss this one certain bus it's 30 minutes to the next bus which causes us to be late to gymnastics this bus this one specific route is so terrible so i'm packing jersey on my back it's cold as fuck it's like 30 degrees outside she's bundled up i'm bundled up and because I'm bundled up packing her, our jackets, they're kind of slippery. So she's like, put me down because we almost are up to the bus stop and walking up a hill. I accidentally, when I'm putting her down, she misses my arms because our jackets rub together and she falls. She falls on her butt. She starts screaming the top of her lungs outside. It's a whole thing. Um, and people are staring at me because clearly when children are screaming, eyes are on you. And I had a situation before last month when Jersey was screaming top of her lungs and I was comforting her and a black man some old black man across the street screamed across the street to me I'm so glad I ain't got to deal with that so <laughs> I'm already just sensitive to people staring because if you say something I'm gonna go off and I know people hate to hear kids scream because y'all think kids are supposed to be robots and supposed to be so um just do whatever you say but my daughter may be on a spectrum so she has communication issues so I don't give a fuck if you staring or not my baby is actually hurting at this point. She's literally in pain. So I'm comforting her, kissing her on the face, um, just making her feel better. And this black man is like staring at us. And I'm like, I ain't making eye contact because I ain't got time to go off and trying to comfort my baby. So at this moment, the bus comes up. We make it. Thank goodness. And so we get on the bus and Jersey stops crying. But she's like comforting up to me, just on me uh, with her shoulder on me, just trying to feel better. And as the bus goes, that black man comes in the back of the bus to the front of the bus. And he goes, I just want to let you know, I can tell you're doing this by yourself and you're doing a great job. Like you, it's just you and you're single with your kids and you're just really doing a good job. And it just made me feel so great. Then he took his hand and pulled out $10, gave me two fives and was like, I want you to go take those girls to get hot cocoa because it's cold out here and they deserve. I know it'll make them feel good. And it just, it warmed my heart so much because I never think I'm doing enough or just, you know, I'm always constantly comparing myself to my mom and my sister who are literally the epitome of the perfect parents. They're just so great and like always there with their kids, always by their kids, always tending to their kids. And I never feel like I can uh, amount to them. Um, so to hear a stranger tell me that and I didn't lose patience, I was just trying to comfort my child. Um, it just made me feel great. And I'm like, it's still goodness in the world. I know we are addicted to our phones, trying to find any ounce of of comfort and feeling good but if you actually just stick your head out into the real world person to person people are pretty fucking cool community is there it doesn't feel like it we don't have enough but human to human i i want to believe human to human that people want the best for each other like <sighs> i don't know so that's how i've been trying to really just count my blessings um but enough about me 
Let's get these nuts off. These nuts. <laughs> My first nut. I'm gonna start with a high nut because we got a lot of low nuts. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take it down. But we're gonna start with this one because I loved it. Lizzo sent a fellow big girl her Emmy dress. Okay, there was a woman who was online. She had a book. Oh, I wrote it down. Let me tell you the name of her book because I wanted to promote it because it looked fucking dope. Uh, this woman, Arielle Marie, has a book called gumbo yaya and it's basically about being a fat black queer woman um in the in growing up as one and she made a message saying that you know her book was doing well she was going to this uh what was she going to to the event where she was being honored and she was like lizzo i don't know if you'll see this and i don't know if you'll look at this and be like bitch why why would i care but i really want your emmy dress to wear this event and what did lizzo being a black woman supporting black women do she sent her this dress and not only did this dress look amazing on lizzo it looks so good on the woman like it, it literally was perfect it fit her perfectly it was so beautiful so if you guys have a chance go look up ariel marie and her book gumbo yaya because I just thought that was such a heartwarming um, thing to do. Like, this is a Emmy dress. And Lizzo was like, girl, here, which address? Here you go. Um, I just love that because all the shit y'all give Lizzo and all the black women who love themselves, they are doing nothing but spreading positivity in this world like we always do. Um, yeah, so my first nut is to you, Lizzo, because if I'm going to get off on anything, bitch, it's you. <sighs> Speaking of black women that don't be bothering and not a motherfucking soul, my second nut goes to this disgusting biracial, just toe of a human being, Drake, who decided to make song lyrics, basically saying that Meg the Stallion was lying about getting shot, but she's still a stallion. And this whole album, the fact that it's doing so well, and I know a lot of it is due to TikTok and people really making fun of how soft Drake's dumbass is. Um, it's still a testament to the fact that black men or half black men, whatever you want to call this biracial butterscotch, will get so much clout off of talking shit about black women. Like you niggas dick ride each other so hard that it's almost like y'all get all of the kudos in the world for how much how terribly you can treat women like if you talk shit about women or tear down women it is literally like it is the the quickest way to turn on the next man and drake wants this access to black culture and to black niggas so bad that he knows let's be a toxic king future is known for being a toxic king and niggas love him so how do i keep getting my black card let me shit on all these black women let me talk about serena williams and her quote-unquote groupie husband when you fathered a whole baby with a hoe let me talk about um meg the stallion getting shot like just and even you know, I love Mr. Right Now. This is a song by him and 21 Savage. Him bringing up SZA. Like, you, they, you, what you know is this man is half white, but you will never hear him disparage or bring up white women. You'll never hear him just talking shit about white women freely, ever. I'm sure there's plenty of white women that think they're out of his league. But what he doesn't like is not getting attention or clout he feels he deserves from a black woman. If he feels like, oh, Meg didn't like me or oh, Serena didn't like me like that, y'all should just, y'all should be happy I even want y'all. So fuck y'all and let me tell y'all about yourselves. Like, that's what this whole album was given. It's given, um, he's a bottom for all these black men that he wants validation from and it's really gross because I this actually had me so fucking mad when I first heard it because 
from that day, all Meg has still not been on social media. She's gone through so much trauma and constantly dealing with men freely, just disparaging her, treating her like shit. And no, uh, that's this is what I'll be talking about. Other women do not fucking care when y'all see these things happen to black women. Y'all don't feel that empathy because y'all already feel like y'all in competition with black women. Y'all already feel like we're so strong. We can handle it and do things ourselves. When that shit happened, when the baby did what he did to Danny Lay. Everyone, including black women, has so much empathy empathy for her. I didn't give a fuck when I saw it. I was like, girl, you want to be a black baby mama? There you go. You got to be exactly what you think we is. Um, but y'all felt so much empathy to the point where it canceled the baby's career. That mixed with the homophobia because y'all were like, he's a clown. But when this happens to black women, especially darker skinned black women and men treat us this way and talk to us that way, it's almost like, oh, that's just nigga shit. That's what y'all deserve. Oh, well. Oh, well, shouldn't Meg shouldn't be talking about being a savage. Oh, Meg shouldn't be out here hoeing, thought and bopping and and thinking that she better than men and talking shit about men. Like the only men who feel threatened by women like Meg the Stallions are broke niggas and insecure ass fucking men. Because when I talk to men who understand how terrible men is, they get it. They understand why women feel the way they feel. Same with white people. Same with my white friend. Shout out to her because the moment I said white people ain't shit, she's like, yeah, they're the worst. If white people know white people ain't shit, men should know men ain't shit. This world's a patriarch. Y'all get off on tearing down women because you know that you can't get away with it. He know he could say all this and nothing will happen. He sold more albums, drawing clout. It's like you worth all this. And you still got to do dumb ass shit like this. You still got to tear down women that is supposedly in your culture. And this is what I'll be talking about by biracial people, because at the end of the day, biracial people will still other themselves from being black. You will still know that you are dipping your foot in one lane, but you're not all the way black. But I can be black. I'm light skinned, but I'm still a dark nigga. But you still have if you were actually truly black and in our culture and giving a fuck about our people, you wouldn't feel like you should be able to shit on black women for a black man's approval. You would just be black. You would just be black. But no, like I said, time and time again, Drake is Jack Harlow with the one drop rule applied. He's a whole white man from the suburbs, raised to be white, and then got famous and was like, oh, I can rap. Let me go do all these black things. Cool. Yeah, so fuck you, nigga, and your white baby mama. <laughs> she ain't do anything, but I don't give a fuck. All right, my next nut. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. And the fact that this nigga had the nerve, Drake, to say all that and then speak at Takeoff's funeral. Takeoff just got gunned down, was killed, and you speaking at a black man who got shot, his funeral, talking about how horrific this is, how much you value and respect him. But then in the same breath, in the same light-skinned breath, would make fun of a black woman who got shot. Make it make sense because y'all just outwardly, openly be saying, I hate black women, but I love sucking these niggas dicks. Y'all be y'all be literally rapping these lyrics. I'll be hearing y'all. <sighs> My next nut, speaking of gun violence, um, five people were killed, gunned down at a queer, not a gay nightclub in where was this? Colorado. Let me look up the facts. Yeah, this was in Colorado. The club was called Club Q. Um, it's an LGBTQ nightclub. And five people were killed, shot dead, and 18 people were injured in a mass shooting. <sighs> Honestly, it's so disheartening because you see the most people who are getting gunned down and killed are black people, queer people, and people of color, specifically brown people. Um, so to there was a witness who said that they you know, you got to go listen to it because it was so disheartening to listen to his 
um, speech. I'm sorry. It's just, it has me rattled. Um, but I literally just re-listened to what he said and he was in tears talking about how they ran into the back room and he was with one of the, um, performers and they were just in the back terrified. They had the door locked and they heard everything. They heard the shooting, the shots rang out. They heard the people screaming literally for their lives. They heard the gunman being tackled. Someone fought him off and shout out to that brave soul because most people freeze. I wouldn't even know what to do. So to, to act and he only was able to, to kill five people. And a lot of people were in critical condition and he heard that he heard the cops come. He heard them being called critical condition. And it's just like, it is so fucking sad. It really is sad that the world is in the state it is and that gun violence, like we really need an end to gun violence. We need laws and regulations. This is why the the red being in control is even worse because we need regulations on guns. This is fucking ridiculous. You can just go anywhere and get a gun. Like, like you can just, at this point, just go to the fucking corner store. It is that easy to get a gun. <sighs> and it's traumatic. It's traumatizing to think you just go out to the club to live your free life and then this happens to you. It's just, they want to start our joy so bad and I want to continue to say that we can't let them, but you know, situations like this, it's so hard for people to go through, and especially people like me who I am black, queer, and to know that this could just be me. This could be any of us. We should all be seeing ourselves as these people because they're human beings at the end of the day wanting to live their freest lives. And they're being, we are being hunted and killed merely for that. Um, so I'm so sorry to the lives that were lost. And I really, really hope that as people, we can continue to stand up and fight and not be scared of the repercussions because at the end of the day, it's the same type of people who are, hunting us same type of people with those same type of values white supremacists people who uphold the patriarch people who are bigots those same type of people are the ones who are doing the majority of the killings because they feel like they have the power in this country so <sighs> i'm so sorry to the people who lost their lives and the people who kept their lives and will be forever traumatized uh, i skip i skipped the nut you know what my next nut i skipped this one so um, I know we we went through a couple lows, um, but I wanted to talk about the fact that while this is still a low, there's got a little bit of high of, you know, something to celebrate. Um, Shanquilla Robinson was killed. This is a black, beautiful, beautiful black woman who was killed on a trip with her so-called friends. Um, and while this is less about a nut or a read to like the people who murdered her, which was horrific and I hate it. This is actually a read to all of the people who normalize black death so much that you jump into what we should have done. This is also a fucking read to the people who said offset or I'm sorry, take off was killed because he shouldn't have been. Why are you shooting dice when you rich? And then Shaquilla Robinson, why are you on trip with friends you can't trust? It always stops at this person was murdered. This black person was murdered. They deserve justice. They deserve to be mourned. Their family deserves peace and respect at this time. And it always goes straight to what this black person should have done differently. Um, this happens so often when black people are killed. I could literally be walking in New York, a building falls on me and everyone's going to be like, that's why I don't live in New York. Why would you why would you leave Texas to this shifty ass New York where buildings fall all the time? That's how you view black people's deaths. And I've realized you only do this to black people. Selena 
the singer was literally killed by someone she was extremely close to. And I have never in this day and age in my entire life ever heard one person say, well, why was she around that person? You got to know the company you keep. You got to know that your manager can't be so obsessed that they would kill you. Who just thinks that people, even if they're a frenemy or we don't like each other, y'all live for the housewives. Y'all live for those from frenemies. If one of them snapped and killed the other one, you would you be like, that's why you're not supposed to be on a show with people who don't really like. No, because y'all sit there and watch the shit every week. And I, this is especially for the non-Negroes of the world who love to comment on black culture and look down on us. But y'all were bopping every motherfucking Migos song for a decade. But y'all copy our baby hairs and our nails and our, and our fake lashes and date black men all day long, but still want to tell the black person or the next black woman why she shouldn't have died. I'm so sick of y'all telling us and even black people telling the next black person how you just should know better. I literally had a friend online was like, y'all know they want black people dead. Why don't you just stay in the house? So you just, so we supposed to just stay in the house forever. What if a gas leak kills us? Then what? You know, you should have been outside. I'm so fucking sick of y'all constantly having no empathy for a black body, for my daughter's body, for my mom's body, for my body. So the fact that if we died, y'all would just jump straight to what we could have done. Y'all always want to hold us to this high standard. Fuck y'all. On some real shit, fuck y'all. If you're not fighting for a black person's life and existence and freedom to be living in this country and to be okay and to have value when we are murdered, if you're not fighting for those rights, shut the fuck up when you talk about us. Shut the fuck up when, when something happens to us. Don't say shit. Shut the fuck. Don't say motherfucking shit. But then I keep remembering we are we popping. So of course y'all gonna talk about us. Our news is American news because y'all so obsessed with us. But anyways... This is about the fact that um, Kyrie Irving donated $65,000 to his family. And while Kyrie Irving has been doing some absolutely hotep, stupid, niggery ass type of shit, I don't give a fuck if he did this for publicity, damage control. I don't care. He did it because a lot of the rest of you rich niggas didn't do shit. So the fact that he and a lot of other people gathered around to celebrate this woman's life and to and to really mourn her. And so many people actually felt empathy for this black woman that made me feel empowered and amazing. That made me feel like we took a small step in giving a fuck. But the rest of y'all, y'all can smooth kiss my ass, which will actually just be a little bit too good for y'all because I got a nice little booty. So fuck y'all at the end of the day. <sighs> my next nut is the fact that in Iran, I'm trying to figure out the, the real facts on this because I've been told on one hand, 15,000 people were sentenced to death, but then I've also been told that only a couple people were sentenced to death, but that 15,000 people are, are fighting. So in Iran, there's like a crazy, um, crazy, amazing protest going on. The people in these other countries are literally fighting for their freedom 15,000 people like if we could come out in bolos like that in America we're just too comfortable here we're just not willing to fight um but it has sparked like outrage because they've been after weeks of protest the death of a 22 year old Masai Masai Amini um the, the morality police detained this woman for allegedly not wearing her hijab properly. Just that. Just not wearing a hijab properly. Like, if you can imagine the amount of oppression that they face as people, but as specifically as women, um, it's just, it's horrific. Um, but they sentenced an unnamed protester to death. And 
another person was convicted of disturbing public order and peace. Um, just they're basically sending the message out to people that if you fight for your freedom, we will fucking kill you. Um, so 15,000 Iranians have been arrested and several hundred, several hundred, several hundred y'all killed in a two month span of anti-government protests. Um, and this deserves full coverage and recognition. Cause again, these are human beings, people fighting for just our basic principles here, just fighting to literally this woman was sentenced to, I mean, was killed for not wearing her hijab properly. Can you imagine like the freedom that we just get to go outside and wear our hair the way we want and look the way we want. And not all of us, cause black women still can't, but they are so oppressed that that type of thing could sentence them to death. And there's even honorable kills there where family members, male family members can kill their female family members specifically for showing for anything, being sexual, showing skin, just anything like that. Like we're in 2022 over here thinking that everything's all right. And you, we think of these other countries as quote unquote third world countries when really they're just human beings and people on the planet, not with the luxuries that we have. And we've been conditioned to think that who cares about them? Well, I care about y'all. And I want to shed light on this because it's inspiring that y'all come out in the fucking loads and fight for each other the way you do. And at this point, women are not, we're, we're not fucking doing it no more. We're not standing for oppression. We are literally give us freedom and give us death. Like I said, women are the future. Women are the future. I literally have gold hoops that say females, the future, because we have continued to be the voice behind reason and fighting for not just women, for people to exist. That's the thing. We're fighting for you too, men. We're fighting for you to have your truest and freest selves. Y'all just want to uphold the patriarch so much because you think it benefits you, but it doesn't. It's killing the fucking planet. It's killing everything. Um, so we need to shed light on this because it's it's happening everywhere. It's happening to women here. We're just so conditioned to to think it's normal. Um yeah. My next nut is ugh, I don't even care to talk about this nigga, but I'm gonna just make it quick. They amaze canceled Chris Brown's performance <laughs> the night before I think he was supposed to perform. And I just I just wanted to say this because I'm going to talk about Chris Brown for a second. I'm going to talk about the baby for a second. I'm gonna keep it cute and I'm gonna keep it sweet and very quick. Um the majority of you niggas don't get no pushback or no type of punishment for being horrific, abusive as toxic, horrible human beings. So to see Chris Brown never be able to achieve the amount of mainstream success ever again, as well as the baby for being terrible people, I stand by it and I'm going to honor it and I'm going to love it forever because this is a man who has continued to be from Rihanna on. The fact that this happened to a light skinned woman, Rihanna Someone who was so treasured, y'all still didn't give a fuck and let you know. Y'all even blamed her. Y'all had the world. The fact that she lived through that is insane. Now, now to be fully aware of, of abuse and and to work in this field, like I couldn't, I don't know if I could have survived that celebrity level of going through that, have my picture literally put up everywhere, but have people make jokes about it and just have moved on. And this man, I'm telling you right now, if you were a Chris Brown fan, we, we ain't. Chris Brown fan, we're not even the same people. We're not, we wouldn't get along. I don't understand how y'all can continue to support someone, especially black women. Y'all continue to support a man who just spits in our direction. He did a video with Norm Normani and all of a sudden y'all are like, yay, he loves the dark-skinned women. Sure, sure. He ain't giving a fuck about us in his whole span of careers. He dead ass said, I only like black girls with good hair. 
Like, he ain't say that about no one else. And you know what the fuck he talking about when he say that? Because I ain't never going to be this nigga type, thankfully. Some, you know, side note, sometimes I just be so thankful I'm a black woman because if I was white, I would have to just really go through so many different types of characters because people just want white women just because they're white. I would have to just really fish my way through so many people just to get a basic human being. Being a black person sometimes is like the the best cock block because I already know you don't like black women. Cool. I ain't dating you. Oh, you don't like this. Oh, you don't like natural hair. But I already have just I'm able to just swipe left to all the ancient niggas just by being a black woman. I fucking love it. Anyways, back to you ho ass niggas because on another episode of niggas ain't shit. Here we are. Um, um, the baby had a concert <laughs> and they showed a video of him throwing a um, shoe into the crowd. And some some man did all his might, almost killed himself trying to grab. He was on like the the um, one of the like a higher stage, the higher level. And he caught the shoe. So if that lets you know just how small this um, this uh, place was like the the venue because everybody was like, oh, my God, some nigga was going to risk his life for a debate for the baby shoe. And all I could think of was this nigga was so close to the crowd that he chunked his shoe and the people in the very back caught it. Like he literally performed at a theater. Like think of a little bitty ass theater. He performed at like a theater. This nigga was doing BOGO tickets, two for ones just to sell money. Like and niggas be spending money as quick as they be getting it. You know, black men, especially rappers, love to just showcase money by all these stupid ass things. So if y'all thinking these niggas is actually rich, they ain't that rich. If you ain't got enough to retire right now, you're really not that rich. You're going to run out of that money um, in a few years. Let MC Hammer tell you. <laughs> And I just thought that was hilarious that some men really do have to face the consequences, um, but others don't. So my next nut is for Trey Songs, who has yet another abuse charge. He was caught beating the shit out of a woman out of at a bowling alley, I think. Um, and it just goes to show you that these men can do 30, 50 lemon things and still continue to be abusive because they know that they can. So at the very least, what we could do as decent human beings is not support these niggas. I saw that the baby went to a, a Waffle House, Krispy Kreme. I don't fucking know. Y'all gonna tell me after this, whatever it was, and offered all these people um, free tickets to his show because he just really trying to sell out these um, seats that he ain't nobody buying. And people refused. The majority of the staff was like, nah. No, we we wouldn't get called dead at one of your concerts because this nigga could be performing in my living room and I would run into the living room and be like, why the fuck is you so loud? Why is you here? I would not even, I wouldn't even attend if it was in my own damn building. I'm telling you right now, I would not be there. I would not. <sighs> my last and my final nut is the fact that the Grammys continue to not be shit because not only did the Grammys nominate a cultural appropriator Jack Harlow for making our music for using black sense because y'all know they love a white who can do black quote unquote black things um they did not nominate my girl Summer Walker the fact that her album was so good that I didn't even have baby daddy issues and I felt her album in my soul is very fucking telling but she would give a white man nominations for having a black scent when his songs he made like okay besides um what is that song glamorous remix first class besides that song i don't know another song by him uh, he made one song a long time ago that like his very first song um that actually had the baby on it as well but i can't even remember that song that's what i'm saying i can't even remember that song grammy nominated 
Y'all push this culture of basic white people being just as great. Y'all literally think Taylor Swift is just as great as Beyonce. Y'all y'all make basic white people like this supreme high level and it contributes to like basic whiteness. It contributes to the fact that a basic white girl can go and get um, high level status or high level fame models. They, they get booked for all these things. And then like the next black person who is incredible, who birthed literal culture, who birthed all of the things that these other people copy have to be above and beyond be perfection. Beyonce is perfection. Like she performs in perfection. She, all of these things. And Taylor Swift won Grammys over her. Like y'all literally birthed this, this, like thought process that like basic whites are honestly as good as the most talented black person. And it's actually fucking disgusting. So fucking deep. Cause it's in everything. It's in the workplace. It's in um uh, medical field. It's in every fucking place. That's why white doctors be killing people all the time because to get up there, you don't really need that much credentials. Like the fact that we thought people, all these um, legacies that go to Yale and Harvard were just so fucking smart. And really they're just, it's just like nepotism <laughs> It's wild. So yeah, fuck you, um, Grammys. And I actually lied. I have one more nut because we are not going to to leave my nuts at the bottom of this roller coaster. We're going to come back to the top, okay? And how are we going to get off this ride? I don't know. I guess we'll just float on to heaven. My last nut goes to the fact that Los Angeles has elected their first woman mayor. Um, she looked like a black woman. I don't know if it's just a one drop rule apply, but Karen Bass has officially become the first woman elected to the mayor of L.A. As gay and diverse as L.A. is supposed to be the first woman, really? The fuck is y'all on? But we'll take it. All right, let's take a break and then I'm going to come back and I'm about to school the fuck out of y'all today. All right, y'all, we are back. And I have been wanting to talk about this specific topic for so long. But as a black person, we are so gaslit in this country. This topic is almost the equivalent of trying to talk about racism, trying to get white people to believe racism. Um, I wanted to address the fact that biracial has become the new black, almost to the point where biracial people are feel they are treated the same as full black people and also that the one drop rule has really made all of you niggas in the world think that it is exactly the same if you are half black as if you are full black and let me tell you the many reasons why this is not the case i want to preface this by saying everybody want to be a nigga but not actually be treated like a nigga and also preface this by saying that this does not in any type of way mean that i am saying that biracial people are not black biracial people are literally half black hence the name biracial so yes i am acknowledging that you being biracial does not mean that you are a full black person and i think that a lot of people think that being biracial means that it's about your race is about your experience. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of y'all think your experience of being biracial makes you black because of your proximity to whiteness. So, of course, if you were white people have made the one drop rule mean that when you are around white people or non-black people, you will definitely get treated like a black person, especially if you were um, a darker mixed person who almost looks more black or have coarser hair um you will certainly be outed and 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 treated 
not the same as a white person, but let me tell you right now, you are still not treated like a full black person. I know that's going to hurt a lot of your feelings and it's going to make a lot of people, a lot of non-black women with with mixed babies be like, she's just jealous. Black women are not jealous, y'all. Let me tell you, I'm going to be the one to tell you, I have not wished to look differently or to to not be black in in forever, in t- probably two decades, since I was like in middle school, okay? From high school on, even with the oppression I faced, I like being black. I don't want to be mixed. I don't want to look different. I It'd be certainly nice to not be treated so terribly, but I'm good with being a black woman. So I'm telling you guys this because y'all be missing a mark. And a lot of y'all don't want to listen to black women. You can turn this off right now, but I'm telling you that these are the facts. Um... Going to start by saying that black Americans are the only race to create their own American culture. What that means is black is our race and also our ethnicity. So how you can be Mexican-American, Indian-American, Asian-American, those people are either your culture will either be you are here in America and you're uh, leaning into white culture and assimilating into whiteness or your culture will be, oh, you're Asian and, and you still have your accent and you still uphold your values and your culture from being Asian or I'm Puerto Rican or I am um, Mexican, whatever the case may be. So we are the only race who created a literal sub race of American culture, which means we had absolutely no ties to our African heritage. We were came over here and cut off and we did not assimilate into whiteness because we were not allowed. So we literally as black Americans created our own culture. That's why it's so hard for you niggas, not or you non niggas to let go of black culture because black culture is American culture. You literally come to America and you either lean into assimilating into whiteness or you try to assimilate into blackness. Whiteness is forced on everyone, right? So this means when you go to school, white people, you have to assimilate to being white. Black people, we, even with as much as we've tried, and even the black people who uh, try to be as white as they can, speak as proper as they can um, to assimilate into whiteness, they are still the black friend. They still going to get discriminated against, whereas non-black people, Spanish, Asian, Indian, especially if you are light enough, you are can completely assimilate into white culture. Not saying you won't still get discriminated against, but you will have an easier time of getting access to the American dream, whereas black people are robbed of that. So let me say this because a lot of y'all be confused. I've, I've confronted someone just recently, a white skinned um, Puerto Rican person who, who, when I was telling them about wearing fake lashes or acrylic nails or baby hairs, they decided to say, well, I'm from African slaves. My heritage, even though they were white skinned, my heritage is, is, you know, Puerto Rican has African um, heritage. Let me tell you all this. That's not black American culture. Even if you come from African slaves and Puerto Rico and all that, you didn't come from black America. Black America specifically created baby hairs, lashes, our music, hip hop. That's black American culture. That is not specific to any part of the world. Being called a nigga. Nigga was created by black Americans. Just because you come from Haiti, Jamaica, Africa, you saying nigga, of course, if you're black, I don't care if people say nigga, but only the real niggas who took back the word are black Americans. Black Americans are truly the only people who should be saying nigga because we dealt with 400 years of being a nigger. 
we we took that word back our ancestors we have the effects of our ancestors being robbed of land building this whole country for free not being able to cherish and really appreciate our black skin because we were here as niggas that's why black people can all day black americans say nigga freely and the rest of y'all should not be i just wanted to say that before i start on my next path because a lot of y'all think just having some type of dark-skinned um heritage means that you are entitled to all of the things that black women black american women have made popular when we created and birthed a whole new subculture in america that we are now being exploited and everyone else gets to profit off of so People literally lean into being white or being black in America. It's hard for them to be in between. That's why we're on Facebook and all the issues are being like talked about. It's either black issues or white issues. Y'all talk about white issues because white people rule America and we have to talk about their whiteness is shoved in our face. But y'all choose to talk about black issues because black people are popping, period. Um, So then when non-black people have children with black Americans and their children come out biracial, I believe we should call biracial people biracial. Why? Because then you have a child. Let's let's use her for an example, the singer her. Her has this huge uh, stardom platform success as well as Drake. They both have non-black mothers, right? Let me tell you why that matters. When you have one full non-black parent, you have a certain amount of privilege black people are not allowed to have. So while you may be walking around with white people and be in white spaces and get treated like the black person, you still have all the privilege of walking around with your white mama, your non, uh, non-black mom, and still having a lot of protection. You still get to walk around with this person, have access to things. Uh, if your white mom has money like Drake or you live in the suburbs or you have um, her parents gave her, you still have one whole side of you that got the privileges that we are not allowed to have as full black people. We get redlined. We, and if you don't know what redlining is, please go look it up because I ain't got time to explain it to you. Your one non-black parent gives you so much access and privilege that black people do not have. And the fact that so many biracial people will sit up there and say that I wasn't black enough for the black kids and I'm not white enough for the white kids. Okay. The fact that y'all think that those two oppressions are the same is outrageous. If you go around white people, the way that white people oppress you and treat you poorly, don't like treat you like shit, call you nigger, blah, 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 has absolutely no bearings to going around a black person. They'll be like, oh, you ain't really black. Don't you still get to go to the parties? Don't you still get to hang out? I don't know. No group of, of black people who'd be like, no, I don't don't invite that biracial girl. No. If anything, biracial women are more fetishized, are the ones chosen, get paid more, um, get allowed to be in spaces black women would never even get to be in. And so like prime example, Tracy Ellis Ross, who is someone who... When they were speaking about the black hair thing, it irks me when they give black biracial women a platform to speak about black hair because Tracy Ellis Ross had to got to have her entire career while having her her hair still. Even if there was people who didn't know how to do her hair, she was in white spaces. She got to have her entire span of her career and still have natural hair. Black full black women were not allowed that we were perming our hair. Look at all the other black women on girlfriends. They were not allowed to have afros. Tracy Ellis Ross got to still have her mixed biracial heritage be be fully shown. Because if anything, loose curls are fetishized in the black community. So, yes, 
I wish more biracial people would would talk about what's really the issue. It's not the fact that black people don't like you because you're you're not black enough. It's it's because of the fact that it's not the same as as you were still fetishized. You were still um you were still looking at black people as other than them. Cause if you can sit up there and be like, black people don't, don't treat me like I'm black enough. Black people didn't treat me, Brianna. They didn't treat me like I was black enough. I still was, was talk shit about by, I was from the suburbs. So people still told me I talked white. People still told me I was a nerd and blah, blah. But guess what? I didn't grow up saying, Oh, black people don't accept me because what I'm black. So if you are a mixed person going around saying black people don't accept you, you are already othering yourself from black people. And if you think you're full black, for having a black mama or a black daddy, why do you still out, outcast yourself? Why do you still are able to say words like black people don't accept me? Are you black or not? Because how the fuck I look walking around at my 30 years of age saying black people don't accept me. And I still went through the same thing, but it was more about my proximity to whiteness than it ever was about my skin color or anything. So biracial people should really just be more honest about the fact that was it really just the fact that you talked white or you thought you were better than other people? Because the Amber Roses of the world and the um, Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Zaldana, they'll tell you smooth, I am not black. And you see how the one drop rule always goes one way, but doesn't go the other. It's like the way a, a rectangle is a square, but a square isn't a rectangle. is the same way biracial people get to be black and play the roles of black people um, get casted for black things, but it could never go reverse. Black people will, ne- if there was a biracial woman in history, they're never going to cast a dark skinned black woman to play her, but they d- cast mixed women to play us all the time, almost to the point where biracial being the new black erases black people. And it doesn't affect black men the same way because being dark is still fetishized as a man. You can still be a black man and make it to all heights in the world, i.e., Kanye West. That does not happen for black women, especially if you don't perform the way white people want you to perform you see no dark-skinned black women have the fame that beyonce has you see that you see how kelly Rowland talked about all the time how she's always compared to beyonce how she's never able to be her own person because she is in the light of literal and, and beyonce is just a light-skinned woman so imagine the effect a mixed race woman has okay this is what i want bi- biracial people to understand like y'all want to pretend like the oppression is the same on both sides it's not And this is why biracial should be its own race because calling yourself the first black person erases black people to say that you being a biracial person is I'm the first black person to do this. That when someone is the first black person, oh, oh, Oprah is the first black female billionaire that opens the doors for other black women. You being a biracial half of another thing does not open. That doesn't necessarily mean that the next dark skinned full black woman could also be in that same course, because we know white people are way more prone to let in a half white person than they ever will a full black person because you still cute enough to them that even if they discriminate against you for being different they'll still allow you in those spaces i just heard this um speech by that sweetie gave like sweetie but i'm so sick of hearing biracial people say this because i was in the space where i wasn't you know i wasn't a lot like i wasn't black enough yet here you are having the success you have same as cardi b and you get to say nigga you get to wear acrylics you get to have baby hair so you being called not black enough did absolutely nothing on your career to success if anything you have more things than the average black woman who is extremely talented specifically because you have pretty biracial privilege period Essentially, the biggest difference between biracial people's experience and proximity 
proximity to racism and black people's experience and proximity to racism and um, our race and gender is the fact that biracial people are fighting for their comfort and black people are fighting for our literal lives. When you hear these people speak about what it was like growing up mixed, it's it's never about, you know, I was almost killed for being black. It's usually just discomfort. So Sweetie saying that um, black people didn't allow her to be black. She wasn't black enough. She wasn't white enough. When you listen to black women and black, full black people speak about what it's like to be black, we're talking about a doctor almost killing us like Serena Williams, men almost murdering us, like us dealing with gun violence, like Meg the Stallion, or as a black man, literally being hunted by police. Like, And we are killed by police just as well, Sandra Bland. Um, but I'm saying these are like racism impacting our lives and putting us in danger impacts full black people in a very different way. You do not see the majority of people being gunned down and killed by police by as biracial. You specifically see that being black, especially darker skinned black people. So it's a huge disconnect because anytime it's frustrating for black people to see biracial people continue to complain about black people, not allowing them to be quote unquote black enough because Really, what does that do to you? What, how did that doesn't impact your life the way that impacts us? I really wish a lot of biracial people would share their experience about what it's like to be mixed because I know a lot of people are listening and it's like, so they don't get to share their experience. Share your experience about what it's like to be mixed in terms of you don't know how to like represent your black side as well as your um non black side equally without people having. Uh, pushback but y'all don't do that y'all automatically bring up the fact that black people don't like y'all the same way white people don't like y'all and it's not the same at all I've never grown up and seen any black household where they were raising their black children to hate other races that is something specific to non-black people the majority of the world who are racist against I mean the majority of the world and the different races are racist against black people you may not teach your children to hate every other race but what every single other race is teaching their children are to hate black people so, of course, um, it's a huge disconnect because black people, I was never raised like that. My mama literally did not teach me about racism. She didn't teach me about loving my black skin. She literally or loving like our black culture. It was just literally we're people, we're humans. Every other race are teaching their kids about their race. So when you see famous biracial people, you then wonder why is it so important for you to showcase your blackness in a certain way, but you don't showcase your other side. I never once heard about a Saweetie or, or mixed race. A lot of these very, um, popular mixed race people. I don't ever see them Cardi B, whoever. I don't see them ever showing, their other heritage you don't ever see them being like oh this is a tradition we do in my asian households or my mom's side of the family we do this one biracial person i love so much who does this well and elegantly is uh naomi osaka the tennis player she represents both her jamaican and her asian heritage or she japanese um, her heritage well she speaks about both she shows the uh, gowns from both she doesn't she don't care if people got something to say she literally never comes out and say black people didn't blah 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 we all had that moment that didn't that did not shape who we are today like she still very much understands that she is a privileged black person um and speaks up for black people all the time another example um the football player here i go with these names colin 
Colin Kaepernick, he completely came out, used his privilege and the fact that he was lighter skinned completely to speak out against police brutality. Like that would have been. And while it cost him his career, he still got paid off of it. And he still brought up these very real issues. He literally made kneeling and and saying F you to the American flag. He made waves for black people. He used his privilege. And that's what I'm saying. He never once came out and was like, black people didn't accept me. He completely showed how black people supported him. If you go watch his documentary on Hulu, it just shows how black people completely accepted him, let him in. Because that is the majority of the experiences that biracial people have. Black people thinking that they are just so cute for being biracial and, and being allowed into the culture and being allowed to sit at the table completely with no regard. So it just irks me that they continue to pretend like black people just cannot stand them because we do not teach our children that. I have never been in a household where they were teaching them to hate a biracial kid for not being full black. As proud as I am of being black, I would never allow my daughter to treat someone who is half black like she ain't one of us. Never. But I am going to be I am going to make her aware of colorism and the fact that women who look a certain way and who are lighter than her and mixed with her will be treated better than her. And it's just the way it is, the way colorism and racism works. And that is just like the huge difference. You'll see even as a celebrity, it doesn't matter how rich you get. You cannot escape your blackness when you are a full black person the way that someone who is half not a nigga can do. I feel like also biracial women have this unity that full black women are not allowed to have. And this is specifically I'm talking um, about women because I am a black woman. So I don't I don't see this happen as much with biracial men because black men are still given platforms the way black women aren't. And I want y'all to understand that this does not mean I want to be biracial. I'm jealous. And we have to say that as black women million times over because I swear up and down when black women talk about some it's because we're angry and bitter and not just because it's the literal facts. Um, biracial women cling to each other. So from a young age up, I've seen even influencers, celebrities, when they are biracial, they always make friends that look like them. They always have like best friends that literally look like them because they know how they look to other people. Like mixed girls with loose hair, they'll always have friends who have mixed ha mixed hair or lighter skin because them grouped together gets a certain amount of attention and attraction that having a dark skinned black friend doesn't. And the ones who do have friends with, with um, dark skinned black women, because this happened to me a lot. I've had many biracial best friends and who call themselves black even if they have a black mama in high school college who treated me like the flunky i know i could treat you like shit because other people treat you like shit they literally will know that their value as a mixed person is higher than a full black woman but still want to pretend like we are the same i'm black too i i get treated the same as you then why do you feel that you are already better than me you being the preference you linking up with with mixed women or non-black women and treating them of higher value, but then treating your black, uh, black friends like shit will always be the, the obvious statement. It'll always be what we know this all to be. If you are a black woman, just like me, why do you feel like you have the entitlement to treat me less than you? And it's happened a lot of times. Like you literally do not see black women, full black women, banding together in this way or or growing up you won't see a dark-skinned woman make friends with nothing but dark-skinned women and leave out biracial women that just doesn't happen biracial women love to act like those black girls bully me it's for being light-skinned that just i have never in my life seen a group of black women get together and literally beat the shit out of a, of a mixed girl for being mixed 
Maybe because she was feeling herself and said the wrong thing. And then you tried to pin it on the fact that they were jealous of you. But that shit don't happen. If anything, black women cling to lighter women because they know that they, they see more value in those women. I know when I was younger, I was obsessed with mixed looking women. I was obsessed with non-black women. I was obsessed with Spanish, Spanish girls because even the men in my family looked at those girls as better than me. My cousins, brothers, like they would treat me so awful for nothing, just for being around and then treat those women better. So then in my eyes, it's like, let me make friends with those women because they're so much cooler than me. Even though those women were copying everything I did, copying black women, saying nigga when I couldn't even say nigga, um, so for me, it's like the fact that you being biracial and pretending like black people saying things to you or calling you not black enough is on the same level as black people literally not allowing you to exist is wild. Because if you were actually being discriminated against and understood what it meant to be black, you would be aligning yourself with black people instead of othering yourselves. Why do biracial people get to other themselves and sit right in the middle and um, benefit so much from their half non-blackness but then also pretend like they're that the black people treating them bad is is on the same level it just doesn't make sense if you don't want to be called full black and get all the benefits of being a full black person sit in rooms and talk about what it's like to be a black person then why can't you also understand what it's like to be fully black and be discriminated against fully black y'all really think y'all out here getting treated like the darkest girl in the room with an afro do y'all really you can't possibly think that and also think that white people discriminate against us the same. Mixed people know that they are fetishized. Drake knows he can go and sit in all genres and all, and copy all these people, be black, but then also still hang out with Jack Harlow and the white people and get and get catered to. You can access what black people are not ever allowed to access. So to act like biracial means being fully black no it's just false i'm at the point where biracial should not be called black because it erases black people it's the reason why zoe zaldana got to play nina simone a full black woman by putting on prosthetics race is also about genotype so yes of course if you are are a mixed race biracial and you came out fully dark skin with coarse hair and you look like you ain't got a lick of black in you I mean a lick of white or non-black in you of course you're going to be treated like a full black person but the majority of y'all don't come out like that the majority of your of y'all non-black parents love when y'all come out with the mixed hair and to be honest a lot of children are only cute because their hair is curly you'll see these children with the exact same faces as a black woman i.e. Stormy Reed. if that exact same face Stormy Reed had was on a dark-skinned woman, no one would think she was attractive. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. She has all the phenotypes of a black woman with light skin, and that gives her all the privilege of playing all of these black people's daughter. She plays the black daughter of all these black men, and the mama is somehow just never around. It's always a black man with like a white mama or whatever the fuck. I guess she was in Euphoria with a black mom, but she, you see, she has a black mom. She gets to play the role of a black girl. And still be mixed. It happens literally all the time. They could have given, they could have made that role be literally black people, especially when that whole show is about appropriating black culture. So I really want people to understand that it literally erases us. It erases little black girls existing like existence, like my daughter, when y'all call mixed race people black, then what are we out here? If you are black for having the one drop rule, what are black people then? just black black like what the fuck does that mean 
especially when mixed race people look down on black women. It's like mixed race women will literally have the base in their voice to check a, a black woman, but will not do that to white women. Y'all literally will act like white women when talking to black women. When I got into it with this girl online, I'm, I'm gonna drop her name. Her name was Cinnamon Babe. Just her name alone, Cinnamon Babe. She's like this country, um, I mean, punk rock singer or whatever. I loved her music. I was all about supporting her. And she was putting up all these posts from black people saying she wasn't black. And she's like, I come from a black vagina, so I'm black, period. And this is a woman who is extremely light-skinned with red curly hair who absolutely is fetishized and allowed to perform and be in the space that she is specifically because of her of how she looks she's gotten the waves she's made and she's like rock and roll is black and speaking up for black people which i was admiring him but i was telling her you know when you're putting up these posts about black people i want you to also acknowledge that you do have more privilege than than the, the typical black person a full black person you have still more privilege so while you are annoyed that black people are saying you're not fully black Oh, like, I, I still hope that you understand the reasons we feel that way. And she went smooth the fuck off on me. She's like, I, first of all, shut up. I'm not delusional. Like, just the way she came at me, even though I told her I was supportive of her. It's like y'all know you can speak down to a black woman. Your own internalized anti-blackness makes you feel you can speak down to black people. And you don't give that same energy to white women. Y'all don't go into a room and give that same energy to white women the same way black men don't. Black men don't go into a room and speak down to white women because they know that the world will empathize with a white woman more than a black woman. So if you were a full black woman, if you feel coming out of she was like, I came out of a black vagina, that makes me black. If you felt like you having a white daddy don't matter because you came out of a black vagina, why did why would you speak to the next black woman so poorly? If you don't like the way white people are speaking to you, why not align yourself with black people? Why are you still othering yourself from black people? This goes back to what I'm saying. Mixed people still get to other themselves and sit right in that middle and access privilege from one side and pretend that they're not the same as a black person and then get so angry with black people for not quote unquote letting them in yet and still you were still in you were still getting to be in all the spaces and call yourself a black person no no black person telling you you ain't black will ever take anything away from you that's not going to ever make you not get to a certain level of success because one black person said you ain't black versus a white person telling you you ain't white y'all don't ever care that white people don't allow you to be white but you care so much that black people don't allow you to be full black why why is the energy not the same? Why do mixed race people hate that they can't be full black, but don't care that white people don't allow them the full access to being full white? You are literally by science and factual, what we are calling facts, biracial, you are literally half black and half white. And it matters because black people do not access the privilege that you have by having a non-black parent. And that's not us saying you can't sit with us, bitch, or you can't come to the cookout. It, we all know Saweetie and the Cardi B's of the world can absolutely access any type of blackness due to their genotype and looking in the one drop rule. We are just wanting you to fucking acknowledge your privilege and to align yourself with blackness if you want to be at the table. If you want to sit at the table, you want to eat with our people like Drake with his bitch ass, then also speak up for black people. Speak up for us. That's it. Fight for black people's right to exist instead of just trying to align yourself in the middle and be like, nobody loves me. I'm just so fetishized and pretty, but I just am hated all around. Check your privilege at the door, boo. That's all. All right, we're going to take a break because that was a mouthful. And yeah, I need a drink. 
Okay, we're back. And a little tidbit I actually forgot to talk about in my um, biracial is the new black claims. Uh, white passing black people, white passing biracial. So when a biracial person has one black parent who may be dark skinned and they end up coming out so light that they're white passing literally would. Oh, prime example, um, Rashida Jones. They are allowed to exist in a way as a as a spicy way. Basically, you just get to be a white person with just a little bit darker hue. People may think you're maybe Italian, anything. Um, so when those people don't acknowledge their privilege as being a spicy white and only just want to claim being black, it's harmful because, again, it's a ratio of black people and the fact that you basically essentially just want to be able to say nigga and still be called black while literally not being treated like a black person at all. Rashida Jones has a successful career, but by no means is anyone treating her like a black person. And Meghan Markle literally just went and said that she had never been treated like a black woman in her entire life until she went to the whitest fucking country in the world and married a fucking prince. She dead ass said that. So it was a wake up call for her who, while she was not racist or hated black people and loved her black mom and her black side, she's like, I never actually had to feel like a black person. So that should be a cue to all of, and she was around a lot of white people. So that should be a cue to a lot of biracial people that you need to be fighting for black people to exist instead of ousting yourself and aligning yourself against us just because a couple black people said you weren't black enough. Um, anyways, I'm here to bring you guys my black sheep of the week. Good week. But black sheep. And I'm so excited to bring you guys this person because I have never related to someone so much. Um, I recently connected with an ex who basically told me that I'm a confrontational black woman. And while I try to pretend like I'm MLK, I'm actually Malcolm X, which I actually took as a compliment. I was like, first of all, you're a black man who is married to an Asian person who wears box braids and baby hair. So of course you think I'm confrontational as a black woman because, and I know, isn't it so embarrassing that I ever was dating someone who ended up marrying someone like this, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. I was straight at one point in my time, which is also embarrassing. Um, <laughs> They told me I was confrontational and I said, of course you think black women are confrontational because you want to be with someone who's submissive and gives you anything you want. And I'm never going to uphold the patriarchs. Of course I'm confrontational. So this ain't even about me. This is about this woman. Her name is May Mallory. And she essentially was Malcolm X before Malcolm X even got famous because this was someone who was also advocating for black people to to do self-defense and to be fighting back, essentially. Um, a lot of people think that MLK was just the one saying, give them love. But actually, MLK was about the shits, too. They just erased that part of history because they want us to assimilate into whiteness. Um, but uh, May Mallory was she she um, basically fought for she was all about segregation because a lot of people like to think that we wanted to be you know, integrated into white schools when actually we just wanted the same. We didn't want to be around white people. We didn't want to have to go to white schools. We just wanted the same fairness white people were given. We wanted to have the money and especially the, we've built the fucking country. We wanted to be able to have government to give us the same money into our schools where they were defunding literally. Once they made, they got rid of segregation, they legit took all of the defunded all of the black schools and put money into white schools, which is why the ghetto is even a thing at this time. So May Mallory was fighting for um, 
self-defense. She had been raised from self-defense because her mom said that she wasn't going to make it in the South. She was raised in Georgia. And I feel so close to this woman because not only did she go, go from the South, left the South, she was raised in Harlem. The way that I moved my child to New York as well to, and it really gets you in touch with your roots and to really, you know, it's, it's a freedom here that you have being in New York that people are really fighting. Whereas the South where fucking racism stems from and was so prevalent it's very anti-black, even in the people, even in the black people there who don't realize just how um, anti-black they are. So in 1957, Mallory made national headlines when she filed a suit against New York City Board of Education. And three years after after the uh, board versus Brown decision, Mallory founded that segre- segregated education was still the norm for her children. So with the help of lawyers, um, she ensured that the black children remained in fear. Remained in segregated schools, but would just get the same amount of treatment. Um, And eight others joined her suit, which they were dubbed the Harlem Nine, if anyone is familiar with them. Um, And they asked for open transfers that allowed them to send their children to schools outside of the district and community control of the Harlem schools through parent associations. So when I tell you this woman was fighting for the kids. And they eventually won the right to transfer their children. Most importantly, they forced the local court and the Board of Education to declare that school, that the that in fact segregation existed in New York schools. So they were shedding light on everything, y'all. Um, most importantly, um, on August 27th, white residents attacked the Freedom Riders, which Mallory May Mallory was a part of. Um, and everyone heard about the violence. Black residents gathered at their house. Um, and they drove. Oh wait, oh, and then a white couple drove into the crowd of defenseless black people, and Mallory ended up having to wait after they returned home. The local force had been kidnapped, so she ended up having to flee the country because the Klan came to kill them, and because she was doing so much activism and speaking to the black community at this time, literally. 70% of the Black Panthers were black women. Like they were doing, black women were doing the real fighting. And of course, the two um, very famous people you see, MLK and Malcolm X, that was all due to masculinity and the patriarch and people only thinking that men should be in the spotlight. But the women were actually the face of Black Panther. They were actually doing the real work back in the day. Black women have continued to lead the fight. Um, so she fled. She ends up going to Cuba and they end up finding her and giving her 16 to 20 years in 1964. But that was, however, overturned in 1965, where the court decided that um, that that was some bullshit. And she was able she was extradited. Blah, blah, blah. Extradited in 1965. And um, she continued to fight for self-defense and self, self-determination until her death in 2007. This woman never stopped fighting for our people. 2007 into my fucking life. She never stopped fighting. And I just thought that that was so like her story is so inspiring because there are days when I want to give up and it just the fight seems so heavy, especially because black men are not fighting with us. But she continued well into the 2000s to keep fighting she didn't give a fuck about none of the other shit all the way up until death and have made waves and has done huge differences for black women to exist to this day so you are my black sheep of the week may mallory because not only are you so amazing i see myself in you and you subconsciously 
allow me the freedom to continue to fight like I do. Okay, y'all. Enough of that. We are going to move on to what I have been watching. Okay. Let's get into it because this week, yo, we're going to start with Reasonable Doubt. It was the season finale of Reasonable Doubt. And when I told y'all I love that the black women make imperfect black characters like Issa Rae does it, Quinta Brunson, and now, um, you know, from Scandal. Um, damn, why am I so terrible with names? Fucking motherfucking um, Olivia. Olivia Pope, a.k.a. Carrie Washington, her real name, Carrie Washington, is now a producer of a show, Reasonable Doubt. And I wasn't sure how to take it because sometimes I'll be feeling like Carrie Washington is very respectable black. But let me tell you, this motherfucking show is so good. Me and my mama... I legit watch the show and have to immediately be like, mama, did you see this? Did you see what happened? Um, this very last episode was so good because like I told my mom, I am in the domestic violence field. And this last, this show showed just how many avenues of abuse men are able to just thrive and exist in. So one of the avenues was the fact that this black man and she'd been defending the whole case, which I was already mad at her for defending. And we thought this nigga was innocent. The nigga from Save the Last Dance. And we should already know how this nigga was because he got a white wife. And he was with that white woman in Save the Last Dance. He continues to play to play this role. Okay, Brayden ends up being the fucking killer. He ends up raping Kalisha and killing her. And it, to me, showed me how men, it doesn't take a man being a killer. It doesn't take him being an abuser. All it takes is knowing that you have the privilege of being a man and having masculinity on your side for you to just snap. He raped a woman after she told him no a million times and he just continued to to do it anyway so she gave in that's rape and then ends up killing her because she didn't do what he wanted and I have firsthand dealt with men literally abusing me choking me to an inch of my life almost killing me specifically because I didn't do exactly what they thought I should just that entitlement of being a man and thinking that you have a power over a woman and them not doing what you want them to do that can lead to a literal woman's murder so while this is um, fiction the show is fiction this happens all of the time like I said before 94% of a black woman's death in this country comes from the stems from, from 80 I'm sorry 80% of deaths of black women stem from domestic violence and 94% of that are from black men so if this don't tell you when black men are in relationships with non-black women they at least know enough that they ain't about to hit you like they would a black woman because of bruising and they're not about to kill you because nobody is going to look for no black woman where they would look for. You now don't get as much time for murdering a black woman as you would a white woman. And also just internally, just knowing that you don't value black women the same, you're you're more likely to put your hands on a black woman or kill them in a, in a heat, heat of the moment because you're just not getting your way, thinking that a black woman should just be happy that you're there. Um, so Brayden's ass ends up being the killer. It shows how he was an abusive person. It showed how her stepdad, who her mama just continued to get over the fact that he was grooming her. He was trying to sexually abuse her. He got in bed with her. It showed how he felt entitled to do that just because he was a drunk. But we know that when you're drunk, that just you just do shit that you wanted to do already. It showed how the dude she was dating who got out of prison when she already told him straight up, we're not in a relationship. I don't even know if I'm ready for that. I'm married. The moment she told him, you know, he started to get crazy and crazy, deleted her messages, was was telling her, you, I'm your man. Just getting crazier and crazier. It legit reminded me of one of my exes. Like he would legit snap and sprawl. You literally see the look in his eye. He would just turn into a quote unquote 
another person just when he just didn't get his way. Um, he ends up kidnapping her and trying to kill her. Like this man, and it was and played by Michael Ealy, because we he turned smooth into the nigga from um he turned into the Michael Ealy from four colored women when he killed his his wife's I mean we killed his children, literally killed his children and dropped them from the balcony. Um, it shows you how you think that men have to have an alcohol problem or they have to, oh, it's because this man was in prison. Oh, he's, he's mental health. No, it actually just stems from toxic masculinity. All of these different abusers ended up killing, murdering, being abusive specifically because toxic masculinity. When you think you are entitled to something that you don't get, especially a woman, a woman's body, it will flip you. It will literally send a man crazy. They already bred and raised off of violence. Um, so it showed so many different avenues of men being abusive. Even her husband putting in cameras, thinking that he can just uh, tell her to do what he thought she should do. Be a housewife because I'm tired of you being a mom and working this hard now that I'm working. Emotional abuse. It showed every avenue of abuse in this show. It was so good because while it was dramatic, it is actually exactly what black women go through and i know a lot of y'all was like how did how did she just witness getting kidnapped getting her car crash this man killing himself in front of her and then just went to court the next day that's so unrealistic that's actually a black woman for you throwing themselves into work ignoring everything just to be able to show up and do what they had to do because we've been taught do what you just got to do like when i used to break down or cry or just go through the motions all my black friends including my mama people around me is like you know you're a black woman you just got to get up and do what you got to do it's like they just this is what we have been conditioned to do so it's actually not that crazy that she went through that and woke up and literally just went to work like it was nothing um, reasonable doubt is insane if you have not seen it sorry to spoil it for you nigga okay you should have been watched it before here because it is spectacular all right Ab Abbott Elementary y'all goodness Abbott Elementary was so good like it just it gets better and better like I told y'all at the beginning of the episode I was so excited about the fact that Barbara got told about herself because black Christians have a way of thinking that they are holy, perfect people because they are one with God. And while religion is an amazing thing and can morally teach you all kinds of things, my mom is religious. She's an amazing woman. It can also be very judgmental. Religion, religious black people are some of the most judgmental, hypocritical people in the world. Okay. The church is full of all types of sinners. And they will tell you, you can't be gay in the next thing and judge you based on how you dress, how you look, how you talk. But they're supposed to be the ones who accept you as is, no matter what. And God is he who cast the first stone can judge some shit like that. I know y'all laughing at me. My mom was probably listening to this like, girl, that is not the saying. Sorry, I don't have to give me a new sermon next week. OK, it shows how even Barbara was imperfect and had to get off her high horse and realize that this student whose mama had a had a bitch tattoo so her mama had bitch Amber Riley shout out to Amber Riley because she played the fuck out of this part she was a great mom who had the words bitch wrote in huge letters across her chest and that right there just made Barbara feel like she was an unfit parent or she wasn't a great parent because how could someone with such obscenities be a great parent but like uh, Ava told her so this child has has great attendance ain't nothing wrong with the style she's always on time uh spectacular why do you need to know why this woman does the things she do why do you need to judge and be in someone else's business why do you need to cast judgment on the next gay person in your family why do you need to do any of that if y'all ain't calling out the men cheating on their wives beating their wives why are you calling out the queers and and the gay people 
Like, why are you judging the next woman for being a hoe or whatever the fuck you think? Why are you doing that? It's more about upholding a patriarch than it ever will be about actually caring about these people. And that's what Barbara learned the hard way. So it was amazing to see her not only learn the hard way, but apologize. Because a lot of black Christians will uh, stay on that high horse forever. Um, Kim, what is that lady name? Kim Whitfield? I don't know. Kim... Whatever that black Christian lady who just be doing the absolute most telling poor people that they ain't shit just because she got money. Um, it will show you how you can smooth apologize and be accountable and actually walk the walk. If you talk the talk, walk the walk. And Barbara walked the walk. She apologized and said, you know, I ju- prejudge you when you've been showing me all along what type of mother you was. So that mixed with the fact that Janine be getting humbled every damn week. Janine just really thinks positivity will outweigh sense. Okay. She gets humbled week by week and it's so cute to watch. And it's funny to see a quirky black woman because a lot of black women are not the acrylic wearing black women are not the, uh, it just shows all the intersections of black women and black men because Gregory and the teacher that they had that was giving Janine the business that didn't like the white man, which is hilarious. Um, It shows how black men are all different. Uh, avenues y'all just think all black people are ghetto and all this and ain't nothing wrong with be ghetto and um being somebody ass but we are a full range of people um and abbott elementary expresses that shit so beautifully i love that show uh i was gonna talk about the l word um but i'm not i'm just i'm not i'm gonna go past it i just wanted to say that the daughter was getting on my nerves trying to give her rib to nigga or give her kidney to a daddy she ain't never met when she had two lesbian moms who've been doing a great job. So she got over it because I was about to be over her ass. Um, the sex life of college girls. OK, listen, I was not trying to watch the show. Quincy continued to tell me about it. And I'm like, I saw clips and I'm not about to try to relate to these white bitches and these whitewashed people of color because the black and Indian girl on there are very whitewashed and assimilated into blackness. I mean, assimilated into whiteness. But actually... It was pretty good. They be actually talking about some issues on there. And it's still, it's it's white feminism, but it's it's still got enough people of color that it's still making waves for me, okay? It was, the, the, the past episode I watched was standing up to abusers. Um, and I related to the white, to the black woman because she too threw a brick through her abuser's window. <laughs> she was dating a coach who was manipulating the fuck out of her, doing her terrible, married to a whole white woman um, and just getting his rocks off, dating a, a student of his because he ain't shit. Um, and basically just broke up with her because he's like, your mom's a senator and I don't want the heat. So bye. Um, and I actually never told my wife, even though I told you I was going to tell my wife and I wasn't in love with my wife, but I actually am. And she just lost it and threw a brick through his car window. And I, too, threw a brick through my abuser's car window. And that's the only reason why a bitch has ever been in jail. And I am proud of it. OK, so go watch The Sex Life of College Girls because it's actually really, really good. Um, I was living for it. Okay, my micro of the week. I actually have a great micro of the week because a white bus driver had me fucked up. Um, I was taking the bus to go drop off a package for my daughter at UPS and it was like seven o'clock, still very early in the night. And for the first time I got a white bus driver. And can a white bus driver just be a regular driver and live about his his married life? No, he has to be an awful horrific oppressor because it's funny how y'all think black people can't just be black people we got to be doing something sneaky when really white people 
y'all just can't be people. Y'all can't just be sitting around just being a regular person. The moment a person of color or a black person comes to your vicinity, you got to just pull out your white card and be like, I am your master. But anyways, this is to you. My micro week goes to you, um, ain't shit ass bus driver, because I was on a bus. It was about 10 people on this bus. It was very quiet. It was like almost too quiet. But um, there was a white person in the back of the bus who was full blown on speaker having a full conversation. New York is loud. Kids get on the bus all the time, be loud as fuck. I mean, so loud. It's just it's just a loud place. Everyone knows it's just a loud place. So it was a fairly quiet night, except for that person in the back on their speaker. And I was at the very front of the bus because I was about to get off. I pulled my phone out and pulled up TikTok. I ended up playing a TikTok. And I'm already very overly aware of how loud I am because I'm a black woman from the South and people don't want you to be loud and everyone will call you loud because they're racist. So I already knew my, my phone itself was very low. Um, so I play a TikTok. Why does white bus driver shout from the front? Put your headphones in. Don't play that out loud. I don't want to hear it. Put your headphones in. I'm like, and I recorded this nigga because I thought I was crazy. So everyone looks around. Like we look to the back of the bus. Like, is he talking to the person in the back of the bus? But back person in the back of the bus is so far away. He could not be. So we all look at each other. That's how outrageous we knew it was. Because we're like, who is he talking to? Who's loud? Then we all look at my phone because I'm the only one who's playing something out loud. And I literally look at the person next to me who was also white. And we look like, what the fuck? So we just, I just continued to watch my TikTok. I even turned it down a notch because I'm like... I got a little insecure, which I shouldn't have done. Um, and I'm like, who is he talking to? So he goes, oh, really? It's like that? Okay. So I'm like, nigga, you ain't talking to me. So the bus goes, and I had just had a beer right before this. So I was double like that bitch. I was double very confident in who the fuck I was. So I'm like, and I was just in a good mood. This wasn't about to stop my shine. So I go to get off. And there's a white person getting off. He's all nice to them, yada, yada. I go to get off and I said, um, would you tell him me to turn my to put my headphones in? And he's like, yeah, because I didn't want to hear that. And I said, first of all, don't police black people ever. And I recorded this shit. I should play it for y'all, but I'm not. I'm just going to tell y'all what happened because I'm ready to get up out of here. I was like, don't police black people ever. And he goes off. I can tell whoever I want, whatever. You're not even supposed to be having that out. And this is the thing. White people will gaslight you and also fucking lie. They will just make up rules. They will literally just be like, I wrote the Bible and I made all the laws and you cannot have your phone out on the bus. Nigga, what? He's like, if I can't have my phone, if I can't be on my phone, you can't be on your phone. Nigga, you're driving. Okay, you were literally driving this whole ass bus, white man. Why you think you can't be on your phone? He's like, I don't want to hear that. So you should put, I said, don't police black people. Like I said, don't tell me what to do because I can do whatever I want to do. I could literally be on the phone like that other white person in the back of this bus is. Like, but you got me fucked up. What you mean I can't be on my phone? Shut up. I said, like I said, I'm not about to argue with you. Don't police black people. Don't say shit to us. Drive the bus. And what I think he really mad is the fact that you got all the white privilege to be a white man in America and here you is driving a motherfucking bus. All the privilege y'all get and all the things y'all can do in this world and you driving a bus and that is not me saying that there is anything wrong with driving a bus but if i got all the access of being a white man and i'm doing a regular uh nine to five job hating my life hmm yeah i would be mad at the next uh black person thriving so yeah fuck you nigga party favors i'm about to get up out of here but my party favor of the week is is this it's actually a quote from Zora Neale, Neale Hurston, and it says, if you, 
if you were silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. So this is a party favor to tell each and every person who has experienced any amount of suffrage in this world to scream about it, to shout it from the fucking rooftops, to never let anyone think you're complacent with the things that you have endured. And understand some things are sensitive or some things are so deep that it's so traumatic you don't want to speak about and you have every right not to or to cope in whatever way you you can. But if you want to speak out, if you want to share your story, if you want to yell to everyone in your family who you are and what you've been through, do it. That's why I will never be silent. No one will ever silence me. Not that bus driver, not any fucking body in this world. I will speak up for myself forever. And if nobody else going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak up for my kids. I'm going to speak up for my family. I'm going to speak up for my community. I'm going to speak up for my people. I'm going to speak up for women. I'm going to speak up for the whole fucking planet if we're not being treated right. Okay. So this is just a little party favor. It's a great one this week. I hope you take a dose of it and feel amazing. Feel liberated. Speak up. Stand up. Okay. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye.